Hello, everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. I'm your co-host, Dominic Vogel, and joining me as always is my good friend and co-host, Christian Redshaw. Christian, how are you doing today? I'm honored by the good friend. <laughs> I knew I was the co-host, but I appreciate that. <laughs> you've uh, you've been elevated. <laughs> I've been elevated. Uh, I am doing very well. Um, how are you doing, sir? Uh, I'm doing well, and I'm uh, looking forward to our conversation today with a gentleman by the name of John Zanny, who's joining us from Acronis SCS. Uh, and I believe it was interesting where he was located. The company's located in Scottsdale, Arizona. He is from Miami, Florida. He was quick to point out he's from Florida, not Miami, Ohio. Um, and if you are from there, no, no hard feelings. But uh, uh, and then he was joining us from uh, Rio, Rio de Janeiro. So. Uh, quite the uh, path there, but uh, looking forward to having a conversation with him today. Likewise, let's bring him on. John, thank you so much for joining us on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. How are you doing today? I am doing great, and thank you for having me on today. Uh, well, Christian, I are really looking forward to having this conversation with you, and we thought maybe just to get the ball rolling, uh, you could tell us a bit more about Acronis SCS and who you guys are and who, who you serve. Uh, yes, Acronis SCS is a certified cyber protection uh, company really built for helping the U.S. public sector protect protect themselves from bad actors. So that comprises of both cybersecurity and, and data protection to make sure that you can continue to stay productive and have your data be safe and secure. Uh, I will point out that there is a parent company, Acronis, that also serves small and medium business. So for those of you who might be on the podcast who are not part of public sector, uh, this is also very relevant for you as well. Nice. Nice. So now let's talk about public sector specifically. When we're talking about these uh, government organizations, what are their specific needs and challenges and wh what are they looking to protect? I mean, I'm thinking about their the public records and critical infrastructure and things of that nature. Yes. Uh, so uh, agencies, uh, government agencies hold some of the most sensitive data, right? They can hold our driver's license number, our social security number, where we live. Uh, they can hold information about city infrastructure, about sewage system. All this data is really, really interesting to bad actors so that they can use it to do things we don't want them uh, to do. Uh, so it's, it's quite critical that that data be protected and isolated. And then the systems that they use to manage all this uh, this information, and it could be something as simple as uh, uh, renewing your credit card online, right? Uh, uh, they need to have that uh, those systems protected so that one, they don't get compromised. And if they do, the damage is minimal and they can get up and running as fast as possible because you know, uh, while uh, we've seen cases where all of a sudden cities couldn't bill people their water bill for months or they couldn't close real estate transactions because their systems were down. The challenges they have, I would, I would break them into really two main categories. Uh, one, budget, right? Always budget. And uh, unfortunately, what we've seen in the last two years is uh, because of COVID and the pandemic, a lot of that money has been repurposed to save people, right? And protect them and get them tested, uh, understandably so, which has left uh, less money 
uh, for uh, IT infrastructure and protecting that infrastructure. And then the, the second part is just uh, legacy systems. Uh, the bad actors have been, uh, are just more sophisticated and better funded than a lot of cities and, and, and states and hospitals and nonprofits. And so uh, to get up to date and to protect themselves uh, is, is sometimes a heavy lift. Wow. So you have highly sensitive data, you have critical uh, infrastructure, you've got low budgets and you've got legacy systems all coming together in, in one under one roof here. So how do you solve those issues? How do you how do you tackle those problems? Let's talk about uh, solutions. And I'm actually following up my question specifically with how Acronis uh, SCS solves these these solutions. One thing I want to make sure that you cover is the Cyber Protect Cloud solution that, that I've seen that you guys offer. Uh, can you get into that and how you yeah, tackle these a- things? Absolutely. Uh, so uh, I'm going to break the solution into to three parts. One, the individual to the uh, agency, the entity, the small business, and three, uh, what we do. So first, just as an individual, because uh, the weakest link is uh, still people. Uh, we were trained to trust, right? Uh, I don't know about you, but for me, if I didn't hold the door open for someone coming in a building, I would get my hand slapped, right? Uh, and if you were walking behind me and I said, I'm not holding the door open for you, you got to use your card key, uh, you would think I was rude. But in this world of cybersecurity, that's exactly uh, what you have to do. And uh, so for individuals, there's some basic things you could do just to protect yourselves. One, keep your systems up to date. You know, if you have Windows, go to Windows Update and just let it update the system. And then just have a good antivirus, anti-spam, and backup and recovery system on, on your devices. And just don't click links you don't know right, or emails you don't know. No matter how tempting it is, if it looks strange uh, or you don't know it, just double check. And especially like on a Friday at 5 p.m., that's when they love to get you. When you want to go out and you're tired and then you get that last email, you're like, ah, I got to get this done. And it, it's, a, it's an attack. The agencies, because of the complexity, uh, I recommend uh, a good IT partner. And really what's come up in the last years are the MSPs, the managed service providers. These are guys that are used to providing IT services. So not just the ones I talk about, but also productivity and others in a, in a really uh, low touch, low cost, high volume way, but they're very good and very secure. Uh, and I know a lot of the agencies will use these these trusted advisors, these uh, IT IT man IT providers um, that are all over the United States. What we've done in our particular domain, uh, as you pointed out, Acronis SES Cyber Protect Cloud, is that uh, because the data is so sensitive, uh, we've wrapped our backup and recovery our cybersecurity, our management services around a number of certifications or validations, because some of them are not audited certifications. What does that mean? We uh, use government uh, uh, validated encryption. It's called FIPS 140-2. It just means that it's the best uh, encryption out there today. And it was validated by labs of the US government that we're actually using it properly. And then on top of that, 
today we have three frameworks uh, that we attest to. One is HIPAA, and I'm sure everyone on this call knows what HIPAA is because you sign a document if you ever went to a doctor. Uh, that that has to do with healthcare. That attests to that uh, we will not uh, lose your data or expose your data, and if we do, uh, you will be notified immediately. Otherwise, we get in a lot of trouble. One is CJIS, which is just like HIPAA but for the court systems, and then the other third one is called NIST 800-171, which sounds really scary, but it's about 600 uh, protocols or controls that. Uh, uh, if you abide by them, the uh, the people give you their data, and it goes up to what's called class uh, unclassified confidential information. So anything that's not classified, uh, it it uh, it says that there's a minimal risk of that data being compromised, and and if it is, we will easily find out who did it through log auditing and some other things. Uh, as you can imagine. Uh, having a system that has all that around it uh, means you have to have security researchers, compliance officers, uh, a special type of environment to really protect that data. And it's quite costly. So what we did is we did that and then offered the services either co-branded or white labeled through the MSPs, the people who are already serving the agencies. So we do all the work to make sure we're compliant. We get ourselves audited all of that, and then we give it to the MSPs to be able to offer it to their customers in a, in a cost-effective uh, way, but knowing that that data is secured and that it's met the requirements of HIPAA or CJIS or NIST 800-171 uh, that uh, uh, we, today is the best we can do to uh, minimize any data breaches. John, that's really, really interesting. You know, and one of the things which I'm, I'm curious to get your thoughts on is just around ransomware. You know, like ransomware, as we've seen the past few years, is just been running rampant um, among small small businesses, but also in, in uh, underfunded uh, public sector areas as well. I mean, you, you see the cities that have just been crippled by it, like Atlanta or Baltimore. Um, where is the public sector right now in terms of sort of winning the uh, winning the battle there against ransomware? Uh, I would say that uh, they've woken up to the battle and is starting to address it. I don't think we're anywhere in terms of winning the battle uh, yet. Uh, unfortunately, those who create ransomware run it like a business. Uh, they literally have distributors, resellers. They talk about return on investment. Uh, they, their attacks are very sophisticated. Uh, uh, Non-technical people, uh, which I understand is most of this audience, also, uh, and rightly so, you shouldn't care about it, uh, don't understand that they've automated to this to a point where uh, you might think, oh, I'm a K through 12 school, right? Or I'm a, a small city of 10,000 inhabitants. Why would they ever come after me? Well, the truth is they just hit a button that runs a program and they go after everybody. It's zero cost, right? It was like the old days when you built software, the moment you stamped it on a CD, your cost to produce CD number two to two million was zero, right? Right. right. Uh, it was a great business to be in. <laughs> it's very, it, my 16 years in Microsoft just popped yeah. up. Right? It, it, uh, it, uh, it, it, it's very similar, uh, which means we're all targets uh, there. Now, 
unfortunately, the federal government is uh, in their infrastructure bill has really uh, pushed cloud and cybersecurity has funding there. Uh, what the cities really need to do is one, get the tools like ours in place that will help protect themselves against ransomware. But even with those tools, uh, training is in, uh, uh, important, right? We talk about people process programs, right? It, it, I can't stop someone from clicking on a link. I might be able to catch uh, that link being clicked on and stop it. Uh, but the reality is uh, that's how most of the attacks are successful, is either they click on a link or uh, oh, I'll give you an example. I just uh, put a security camera up uh, on a piece of property I have, and I used a service to put it up there. And they handed it to me, and they have a cool uh, uh, app on, uh, on the, the phone that I can use. The password is 1234RR. Right, And the guy who gave it to me, his first name starts with an R. So I suspect that if I go anywhere in the city where he's, in, he's installed these cameras, I could hack into there uh, just by trying one, two, three, four, R, assuming that most people will have not changed the password. Right? Uh, and this, you see, I, I mean, this is, a, I don't know, I'm going to tell you what city, state, or yeah. provider this is. Uh, uh, but, uh, th but this is how simple it is uh, to get into uh, other systems. Um, and then with that camera, like us, me, it turns out to be it's on a piece of property. So uh, not much you're going to see there. But let's say that camera is overlooking PCs. Uh, and now you can watch somebody typing in a password. And that gets you the next step to get into a system. And that's how they get in. John, that's a really that's a it's a story which I'm I'm sure plays out you know many many times in all sorts of different uh, areas and sectors. Um, it, it, it makes me wonder about sort of the responsibility of the vendors, though, you know, like like that that camera company. Why aren't more companies doing more to make sure that a default state is more secure? Why are they still relying on an uninformed user to put in a, something secure? Yeah, it's a lack of education. Once again, it's because why me? I'm a little vendor in a little town. Uh, no one cares about me, right? And and so uh, you know, small businesses and I think agencies are the same. Uh, they're focused on their core business. So if you're a business, it's about keeping clients and getting more clients and keeping them happy. If you're an agency, it's about providing a service that uh, the individuals expect. Right. And so these other parts are afterthoughts. And uh, we just uh, we just need to learn. Like today, I don't think we would ever buy a house that didn't have a lock on the door and just an empty hole. Right. Because we just know that. Uh, uh, but that's essentially what we're doing virtually. Right. Uh, it's a hell of a visual. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and so we just need to learn. And it's a, and part of why I do podcasts or I go out and talk like this is uh, you just have to educate, educate, educate. So I want to revisit something, John, that you said. Uh, you mentioned MSPs or IT managed service providers. When we're looking at, say, these small towns or public sector organizations that you guys help, um, you know, they've got low budgets, like you say, leg legacy systems, limited staff. Um, why would they want to consider looking at IT MSPs, maybe outsourcing 
I, the IT function, or at least partly outsourcing that. What what does an IT MSP bring to the table that they need to know about? Okay, uh, actually, that's a fantastic question. And uh, so first, uh, you benefit from the the uh, economies of scale of cloud. So all these guys are used to large volume. So what it would cost an individual to build a secure system uh, for productivity or for backup and recovery for cybersecurity, uh, it would be significantly larger than uh, just buying a service for 20 or $30 a month uh, from uh, an MSP. The other part is you don't only buy the technology, you buy the expertise, right? And whether they inherit the expertise from me or they have it themselves or some combination, you get that. So for example, because of the, the, the uh, we are HIPAA, CGIS and NIST compliant, we require, we've set into the system as a default that the password has to change every so many days. It just happens, right? Which means that guy who happened to put one, two, three, four R in there, let's say you don't change it, you'll have to change it within 60 days. Now, not great, but definitely much better than never change it ever, right? So that's why you, you, for a very low cost, lower than doing it yourself, you'll get a better system, a more secure system, and uh, you will have somebody that actually helps you with the people in the processes piece as well. John, this has been an absolutely fantastic conversation. Uh, Christian and I are very, very grateful for you taking time out today. I mean, that, that just l literally flew by. <laughs> um, re re lots of insights, lots of great wisdom. I know our, our viewers and listeners are going to uh, find this episode really, really engaging. Thank you again for joining us. It, it is my pleasure. It, it was great talking about it. And uh, if I can say one last message, uh, besides looking at our tools, just keep your systems up to date. That'll get you 85% of the way there. Uh, and that has nothing to do with the Cronus SES. That just is stay current. And it uh, it's like keeping up on your shots. It's important. Fantastic. Thank you very much. Yeah, fantastic yeah. insight from a, from a man who's been in the industry for a very, very long time. John, thank you again. And Chris and I will be uh, right back momentarily to wrap up today's episode. That was a really insightful conversation. Um, I was really impressed with the uh, internet bandwidth. I thought uh, Rio would, would be a little bit tracy there. It was very, very smooth. Uh, what was one of your Compliments key Compliments to the hotel. Yeah. <laughs> what was a Marriott I heard? So. Okay. <laughs> what, what was one of your key takeaways? Yeah, I would say it's, it's a myth that, you know, small, medium-sized businesses are not a target. Uh, he, he brought that out very well. And I would just like to say that if you feel like nobody cares about you at all, you're wrong. Cyber criminals care about you. <laughs> That's a good way almost like cyber security cares about you, but cyber yeah. criminals care <laughs> if no one else does. Uh, it was r r really insightful um, uh, wisdom from, from John. And uh, we're very grateful that he took time out of his well, clearly it must be a busy schedule where, where he is uh, hopping around the world. Um, but we're very grateful to, to him and uh, Acronis for uh, uh, joining us on the show today. And as always, a special thank you to our loyal listeners and viewers for joining us each and every week. If you did miss an episode, please do check out the Cybersecurity Matters YouTube page and or your favorite podcasting platform uh, for previous episodes. Uh, but until next time, be well, be safe, and we will see you again on the Cybersecurity Matters podcast. Mm -hmm.